Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you have any cheese at all? No. A senseless waste of human life. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host for the show, and tonight we're going to be discussing the 1 1 draw with Newcastle at home in the Premier League. A, a result that really feels like a loss, considering we absolutely hammered them and they had one shot on target, which was in the last minute, which is about, oh, God, I'm so annoyed. I don't want to do this podcast whatsoever. <laughs> but I am. HG has managed to jump ship. Uh, under the pretense of having a Netflix and chill night, when really I just think he doesn't want to talk about it. So it's, we're down to three. Joining me, thankfully, all the way from up north, is a star of YouTube. He's a vlogger extraordinaire now. It's the caller. How are you doing, caller? Good evening, voice of the cheese room, Franco. Um, I'm pretty. I'm probably in the same place you are, to be honest. It's a good job. I said on the, um, the after show with uh, HGS, it's a good job it wasn't filmed live because my language... And throwing things around the room was just out of control when they scored that penalty. I was, well, when they got the penalty, I was just absolutely livid. Um, and I think I might have just come off the ceiling recently. So um, I'm looking forward to some um, some cathartic treatment with you. Well, hopefully. Mm. Also joining us, jet seeing around the world, spreading COVID as he goes. It is Steve Diver. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. I am good. Very happy to be home. I'm partially home. I'm in the right country, at least. I've never known. Well, I've never known anything like you. Must have more air miles than Richard Branson. <laughs> it's, yeah, you are literally the sort of person where, when you're not on holiday, it's more of a surprise. 
God, never known anything like it. But yeah, not not outside the Emirates. The other day, right, I went to my aunt's and she lives in Tufnell Park. And because it was rush hour, uh, Google Maps diverted me around all the back streets. Ended up right outside the Emirates. <laughs> so I could, <laughs> drove around it. I was like, oh, this is awful. What have you done this to me, Google? Ruined my night. I don't know Should you live outside. Cup of tea. <laughs> well, you weren't there, were you? In Caulfield no, somewhere. Not. In Cavos, seeing the 18-year-old Brits fucking spread COVID around, yeah. Uh, excellent. Thing. Right, let's crack into this. Let's get it done. It's going to be, well, not not too short and sweet, but I, let's, let's try and do the positives. Let's talk about the first half. We absolutely battered them. Uh, cool. Uh, what do you think about the first half? I mean, we're really ruining those lost chances now, aren't we? Straight from the get-go, we went out. I think we had something like 10 shots in the first half. Yeah, uh, maybe more. Yeah. Sonny hit the post twice or the crossbar on the post twice. It's the sort of game where we really should have put them to bed, shouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. We should have put them to bed within about 25 minutes. Um, we were all over them. I I rarely um, remember a game, I, I could barely, I should say, remember a game where we have been so dominant, had so many good opportunities against a team that's sitting deep. Um, which which is what's really positive about it because Newcastle did come, they set up with pretty much 11 people behind the ball and we broke them down superbly. Son, mm. Son was excellent. Um, the, the only sour point, and we knew at the time, we said, we said at the time that it will come back to bite us on the arse, not taking these chances and, and lo and behold, it did in the end. But if you want to look for positives, I mean, we struggle time and time again about breaking teams down like Newcastle. And we didn't today. We just couldn't put the final touch on it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was the, the best performance so far this season. I know we've only played a few games, but Steve, I mean, I was very positive at halftime. I was enjoying watching us play. Yeah. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just felt a bit different. And I think that, you know, some of that football in the first half was the best we've seen, isn't it? Yeah, really good. And look, you know, if we go back a year to when Newcastle beat us at home 1-0, similar type of game in terms of they came... They're extremely defensive. Yeah. But we had, I can't remember now, but was it one or two shots on goal for the entire game? We did absolutely fuck all. Whereas some comfort silver lining, you know, 12 months on, Newcastle set up the same and we absolutely battered them. As you've said, we should have been, yeah, you know, how many upper half time? 3 0 up. But we weren't. That's why we're all a little bit fucked off. Yeah. And. Caller, how much of a, an impact do you think Sonny going off injured at half-time made? Because the second half, it wasn't quite the same. Bovron came on, and what did you think about his contribution? Well, I was worried when Son went off, really. That I mean, I didn't know he was injured at the time, if I'm being really honest, because I didn't sort of disclose that till after the full-time whistle. But mm. I thought it was a strange move. Son gives us that little bit extra, because he's probably the one player that shoots from outside the box. He cuts it and has a go. Um, if you look at other players we have, no one shoots from outside the box. And, uh, you know, our closest coming to scoring a goal were those chances. So I think we lost we lost a step. And I think, you know, I think it made a big difference in the second half. Although, having said that, we still had chances. No, we did. I mean, I think we created as many in the, in the second half nearly as we did in the first half. I haven't got the exact stats. But we had 23 shots altogether, 12 of those on target. And 66% possession. And I don't think a lot of it was Newcastle just wanting to give up possession. It's just they couldn't string passes together. Newcastle were pony. They were really bad. I think we were. I think we made them look bad as well. So I think mm. it's easy to say they look bad. Everton looked really good against us, but I don't think we played very well. It's the same sort of thing. 
So mm. I think I think you know, there's you've got to give credit to Spurs. I don't think we let them play. By the way, I've, I think I figured out where HG is. Um, have you seen the other football result from today? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't want to talk about Brendan Rodgers. Doesn't want to talk about Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was going to that was going to be part of my intro for him. That's why I was gutted when he wasn't here. I was just like going to make a joke about Lamella scoring in midweek. <laughs> Rodgers pulling off a masterclass. It's not been a good week for HG. We've got it in there anyway. We've got it in there anyway. Exactly, and he can't have any comeback. Um, I tell you what, though, given he isn't here, we can discuss something else. What's that? Oh, that the, the I, love, XG, I love the intrigue. <laughs> the XG stats that he uh, disliked so much. So if no, we look at him, no, so we had an XG cooler. of three point two. <laughs> but you can discuss them with me. Go on. What but, were they? So we had an XG today of three point two. Newcastle yep. had point nine four. That's including a penalty, right? Yeah. Mm. So we've had the highest XG in the Premier League for a week, and we score one goal. I mean, Steve, this is my problem with XG. It's completely pointless. It's not pointless, because it shows that we had some really good chances, which we yeah. didn't score. Well, we know that. We saw the game. But <laughs> but fundamentally, that's what it is. we still bloody drew. I'm afraid XG is good, uh, caller. I am fully behind XG. No, no, I'm not, like... I'm not opposed to XG completely. It gives you the idea of who's had the balance, who, who should have won the game. But unfortunately, there's only one statistic that matters, and that's the full-time score. And unfortunately for us today, we know what happened. Yeah, we do. Discussing Bergwijn still, um, Steve, what did you think of his impact? Because he's, you know, he's got to play himself into the team. Lu- Lucas is still ahead of him in the pecking order. And even though I don't think Lucas did a huge amount today, he scored the goal, which we'll probably see him as still remaining one of the first choices until Bale's in the squad. Um, Bergwijn came on and what, what did you think about his contribution? Right, I'll deal with Bergwijn in a second. Lucas, I was almost pissed off that he scored. Because <laughs> it masks everything else. Agreed. They're, like I was watching him so closely today. The amount of times he ran into trouble, gave away a really sloppy pass. Almost every time when we countered, and it broke down, it was a Lucas Moura, you know, giving a ball. Terrib- terrible decisions, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and even the goal did not look convincing. I mean, <laughs> kind of scuffed it when it went in. Yeah, but I guess it went in, which is um, caller's point, right? But Bergvine didn't really make an impact. Um, I think I think it was hard. You know, you're coming on for probably the informed player in the Premier League at the moment, mm. whose hick crossbar, hick post was one of the key players on the pitch. Yeah. So you know, he was never going to perform to that level. But I like I like him a lot as a player, but he was just a bit meh. Like, I can't really remember much of what he did apart from. Yeah, you know, run run fast a couple of times. He didn't really create anything. Um, no. He fluffed a couple of shots. wasn't wasn't particularly impressed. No, I think that I think that's the problem at the moment. Is I think he's got the ability there. I think he just maybe needs more time. And I do wonder about sort of being played on the bench all the time with Lucas ahead of him. What's that doing to his confidence? These, these are all the issues I have with with Jose. We, we're going to talk about. Well, we might as well talk about it now. Delhi left out again today, caller. What did you make of that after he played in the European game on Thursday? He's been now been left out again. And I know we've got a busy schedule coming up, but for him to not even be on the bench again and for all of this talking in the newspapers about him and things like that, it's it just doesn't look good, does it? Um, it doesn't if you're Delhi. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the wrong decision. I, I, and was he any good in Europe? 
because I, I thought it was anonymous. Yeah, but he, he didn't have a great game. So, you know, there's, I, I think Mourinho is, is trying to give him some tough love. And I think players have to be there on merit. And he's been given the opportunity and the platform to play against a team that he should be eating for breakfast. And he hasn't performed. Mm. So then, yeah. you know, what's Jose going to do? Pick him? Of course he's not going to pick him. Now, I completely understand and probably recognise that maybe he deserved a place on the bench. But I just think that Jose is trying to make a point. So I think he made a point when, you know, last minute Sissoko is injured and he puts Gedson on the bench and yeah, ahead of Ali. And yeah, yeah, clearly Gedson's more defensive than Ali is, but he would say he had Bergvine and um, Lamella on the bench, which are better attacking options than Delhi. I can see that for the balance. I can see that that he would put Gedson on for Sissoko. That makes more sense. But then at the same time, he's played Delhi in that sort of midfield position as well. I don't know. It's it's difficult. But I just it's clear that he's doing something. It's just whether it will work. And um, you know, whilst it doesn't feel right to me at the moment, we'll see whether it works out in the long term, won't we? All I'd say is like in the last twenty four months, how many good performances have we had from Delhi? Probably like three, four, maybe. I can think of like three or four games where he stood out. So I suppose the point is, and we just we just probably played the best we did all season, despite the result, right? Created yep. lots of chances, dominated the game. So can you say that Jose's wrong? No, and I guess that's the point, isn't it? If the performance wasn't there, and I think that's the point HG was making the other week, is that the whole team is playing badly, so mm. why single out Delhi whilst mm. you're, you're right, today they all play quite well. Um, very well, very well, most of them, to be fair. Very well, I think we have... Yeah, we'll... we'll Talk about some individual performances, actually, now that we've kind of started to mention it. What did you think about the midfield pairing today, Caller? Because Winks, I thought, was still frustrating at times, <laughs> but I thought he had a better game. And I thought Hoybier played pretty well as well, breaking up stuff and sort of bossing that midfield position. You've got two what you call pivots, a double pivot with Hoybier and um, Winks. Did you really need them for Newcastle, who are not putting any pressure on the ball whatsoever past mm. the halfway line? Um, and, and the amount of defensive work they had to do was was negligible. So yeah. for my money, I, I think you could have made a sub and put maybe if you wanted to be adventurous. And if they'd have scored earlier, I think we'd have got um, Enderbele in the mix with La Celso, which would be my dream midfield. I, I would want Hoybier, um, uh, Enderbele and La Celso. But Winks did okay. He was neat. He was, he was what he is. He's neat, tidy. Um, he did try a couple of forward passes today, which 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 was an improvement on on the previous couple of performances. But I would just emphasise: there's absolutely no pressure on that midfield pairing, and yeah. when they've struggled, it's when there's pressure on them. <clears throat> so yeah, ever wonder he looked a bit a better player today. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair comment. It was interesting today. Apparently, he played sixteen backward passes, uh, thirty-three sideways passes, and forty-one forward passes. So, well, it's, it's progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that is progress. Um, do, do you agree with that, Steve? Because I think the issue today, uh, when you're trying to get that second goal, is that we were essentially most people sitting back, and then those front four were kind of breaking on their own. And, and like you, you mentioned earlier, when Lucas kind of doesn't have that many options and he's trying to play a single pass to Kane or something, he normally mucks it up. If we had a few more options going forward, it probably would have been um, a bit better. And, and I don't know whether we should be playing those two. And what, what Caller says, I would much rather see Dombele in there, but I have a feeling a lot of the decisions made today were, were due to fitness. 
Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think so. Something that worried me a bit, bit about Winks, which I've never, never quite noticed before. Maybe I've been focusing on his sideways or backward passing before. Is in a one-on-one position, he gets done time and time again in central yeah. midfield. Yeah. Um, like literally, all the other all the other players are doing is dropping a shoulder one way and just lumping it the other, which is kind of your village football tactic. And he got done every <laughs> single time. Yeah, and that's a bit of a worry. As soon as he gets done, yeah, we've got nobody else, you know, behind him. So the back four suddenly exposed. Yeah, midfield did all right. Yeah, we can say they weren't, you know, particularly offensive. But let's go back to the statistic again. We had 12 shots on target, hit the post twice, you know, XG of over three. So, you know, they did their job in protecting a back four. And, yeah. you know, our strikers, our forwards, our attacking players should have put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And um, also, Doherty today, I thought, had a quite a good game. Uh, Caller, what did you think about him? He's, he seems to be growing into the side, I think is what I'd say. He created quite a few chances and he didn't have to do a huge amount defensively, though. But, you know, good in the final third today. Um, he was good in the final third. And I think that's his game. And that's why we've brought him to the club. Um, we've got a player who can attack who's defensively a bit more switched on than Serge Aurier. Um, but I think I'm, I'm most excited to see yeah, Regular got on the bench today. I think if the scoreline, I think we'd, if we'd put another goal in, he'd have got on the pitch. I think he'll get on the pitch on Tuesday. And I'm excited to see Doherty and Regulon because I think that's that will give us the width and the pace down the flanks yeah. uh, that sometimes we've been lacking. Um, Doherty had a good game today. Again, not much pressure on him defensively. Um, he didn't really have to mark much, which which made sense. Um, and he linked in well with Mora. I have to say, it was a, a big improvement from Mora on his previous performances. But um, as we picked up on the after show, he, he appeared to be playing a bit wide, bit wider, hugging the touchline, yeah. and, and I think that that complemented with Doherty quite a lot today. But he, he covered well defensively. He covered very well. So he made I think it was two really good um, headers to put the ball out for for corner for Newcastle kind of covering work for our post so I think it was very good and the point of being defensively better than Aurier I think I'm better defensively than Aurier so it's not, it's not particularly <laughs> there's no, there's no question it's not a that. high bar is it um, uh, yeah I think it'll be a yeah. really good signing um, and yeah Reg- Regulon or Regilon um, I'm increasingly unable to pronounce our team um, <laughs> I've, got say, I've got to say HG's week has gone from bad to worse because West Ham are winning 3-0 now against Wolves Oh, no. Don't mention that. What did you think today of Lacelso as well? He's kind of come back from fitness and slowly playing himself back into form. Uh, midweek, he, I thought he was quite good and relatively creative. And today, he created a few chances, had quite a few shots. It's good to see him getting involved. And and then also Don Bele caller. You know, what did you think about both their contributions? Because Don Bele came on and, yeah. and looked absolutely mustard. He yeah. didn't do much wrong, did he? I'm in love with a pair of them. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely am. Um, I'm excited for the first time about our midfield. We could do. I think we could do with a player like Ericsson to unlock. Can I have eleven players, caller. No, I know, no, I know. But in the <clears> squad, <throat> I mean, um, I think the difference with Endebele and the Celso is they're very similar in terms of their ball carriers, who can beat a man, play a pass, score a goal. Um, whereas Ericsson's more through balls, set pieces, or was once a set piece specialist, <laughs> didn't score from set pieces about the last three years of his contract. Um, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of those two, absolutely in love with them. I think if we could get them in the same side, it would be like, it's like playing dream team for me. If you, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have Bale, Sun and Kane up top, right? Mm. Find me a better foot three in the front three in the Premier League. I don't think you can. No. Maybe even in world football, am I getting a bit carried away there? Maybe. Um, Maybe. And then in midfield, you've got Hoybier, who I'm still not completely convinced by, but if he can turn into a good defensive midfielder and have those two either side, because the Celso ain't scared to mix it up, which is what no. I like about him. He's got, he's, he's number one, he's Argentinian, bit of a bastard, and um, <laughs> a, bit, a lot of shithousery. I saw it three times this, uh, in the game today. Um, but he, he's not scared to mix it up, so he can play. In that position, you don't need a double pivot against sides like Newcastle where you need to unlock them. That's the thing. And mm. I think we, I think we may get a little bit more adventurous, although it's maybe not. If, if we're playing Dream Team, you've got to have those three up top, Endembele and Lacelso and a holding midfielder. And then you've got the overlapping fullbacks as well. I mean, if we get a good centre-back, which it looks like we're signing a centre-back, let's hope he is good, um, to go <laughs> alongside Toby, who was, it was a bit weird, was left out uh, again today. Mm. Then I, I, that's a good side, isn't it? That's a really good side, and with a bit of depth too. Especially yeah. if we sign a striker, which we, you know, talking about the bench, that's what we desperately need. We need an option on the bench that is a centre forward, not prevalent today, but we will need a centre forward. Well, yeah, this is it. At the last minute, I thought that Kane got the red card. So for about 10 minutes until it was confirmed that, was that yeah. the goalkeeping coach, I was going, ah, Man United game next weekend. God. Uh, I saw the just, meltdown, yeah. It just changes the complexion. As soon as Kane's out of the squad, you instantly just go, ah. Oh. And then when Sun wasn't out, I just instantly went, right, that's that game gone. <laughs> so you're right. We, we probably need to get a number. No, not we probably need to. We definitely need to get a backup striker. And I don't care, he will be a backup, but we need a good backup striker. Uh, but it's interesting. I think, the, I mean, I still couldn't really decide what Jose's preferred team is at the moment because... I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows. They're in different levels of fitness and we've got loads of games coming up. So he's having to rotate, and make decisions on players. Like you say, Toby left out today, but I really think that's because Sanchez and Dyer are just fitter. So he knows that they can play more this week. And I guess he's, that means he's saving him for the Chelsea game. I don't know. We'll see. Why would we be saving someone for a, a tournament that is probably the least priority? So today was a priority to get three points. Um, but Tuesday night, for all we want to beat Chelsea, it really, in the, in the club's pantheon of trophies, it's last. Yeah, but I think he realised that against Newcastle, they had one. They had Wilson up front. He thought Dyer and, and Sanchez can deal with that. That's fine. Whilst midweek might be a bit tougher and you need some experience in there. You need somebody to marshal that defence. Because Chelsea, as rubbish as they were in that first half, that comeback yesterday, they just they look dangerous around the box. They've got some skillful players. So we need to be uh, on our game on Tuesday. And it be interesting to see who they play. Um, well, let's talk about this. In terms of rotation, it's made a bit more difficult now that Sun's out. Uh, so, Steve, who do you think will be starting? Do you think Kane is going to start every game this week? Do we really have a choice from Notty now? He won't. That's <laughs> he the won't. problem. He won't. He won't. Well, I think he has to now because no. who else? Ellie. We just Ellie will start against Chelsea. What up front on his own? Up front with one other, Bergvine, Lamella. To be fair, Delhi does oh. love playing against Chelsea. 
Yeah, but it just means we're going to completely change formation. We might end up playing something like five at the back, and then have wing backs really pushing on, and then have all the all the forward players all be central. That would that's a way of accommodating it, I suppose. Why not? Well, yeah, you I know, suppose why it's not? It's a league cup. If you're going to experiment with five at the back, which I think we should play, um, yeah. what better competition to do it than the one that doesn't really matter as much? Yeah, I mean that's um, that's a fair argument. And I think I think you've got to rest Kane because we need him. We'll need him for 45 on Thursday at least, um, same as the last round of, yep. the, um, of the Europa. We might even need him for 90 with Son out. And he's, we're definitely going to want him at the weekend. So I think he's got to have a rest. Mm. It, 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 I think he'll be on the bench and I think you'll have Delhi up top and, and Jose is going to be going, right, go prove yourself, son. Enderbelli will start, I think, because Lo Celso started today. So I think he'll rest mm. Lo Celso because he'll, he'll want him for Europa. And um, like I was chatting to HG about it earlier, and, and you know, we were kind of talking. We've got that many options. I mean, you could give uh, Gedson a game. He, yeah. You know, he's fresh. He hasn't played at all, has he? Foyth hasn't played at all. We could still field a team full of internationals on Tuesday and mm. give some key players a rest. Tangangas back in training. Tanganga, back. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I mean, Ori hasn't played a minute yet, has he? Yeah, he played ninety. He played ninety minutes. Well. Either way, <clears throat> I think you'll. I think you'll. There'll be changes, but we've got players to cope with it and still give us a fighting chance. And I'll be honest, I ain't bothered about. I'd like to win on Tuesday, but mm. I'd like to qualify for the um, group stage of the Europa League a lot more um, because that's that's where the money is and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I think we've got a really good chance of winning it. The Europa I think, is. I think, I think we have the League Cup as well, but you can't win everything. We're going for all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go for all or nothing. I agree. We, we have been yeah. Franco, but the problem is we come up with nothing every year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. All right, come on, let's talk about it. I've been putting it off, but let's talk about the ridiculous decision mm-hmm. in the final minute. Because there was nearly two of them, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's carbon copy. It's almost yeah. exactly the same. Exactly the same, but the second one I didn't even notice. Um, Steve, right, a lot of people will go mad about VAR, but really it's it's the rule change and the fact that VAR is used to implement it, isn't it? It's a ridiculous rule. Um, this is bloody John Terry's fault because we used to have a rule where if it was intentional, you gained an advantage from handball, then it's a penalty, free kick, whatever. Then John Terry starts doing his massive like starfish impressions of blocking a football and it hits his hand occasionally and they go, right, now if your arm's in an unnatural position, then they have to decide what an unnatural position is. So they just say, right, anything, basically, any handball. And then because that was an absolute travesty last season, they've decided to change it now and say, well, if it's an unnatural position and it hits your hand, but then as long as... What is it? There's, as long as there's like you score instantly from it, if there's a few passes afterwards, then it doesn't count anymore. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Like you've gone from subjectivity to objectivity back to subjectivity. And, and today's one is just within no spirit of the game. Would you ever say that is a handball? So, right. Two things. One, it wasn't even a fucking free kick. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, I mean, he just ran into him. Into, like just uh, runs into him, doesn't which, he? Which yeah, I should have picked up. Yep. Um, but fine, it didn't. The second thing is the rules very, very, very clearly state that in certain circumstances, including when a player has his back to the ball, the referee should take that into account. 
And when you watch a replay, Dyer both had his back to the ball and got jumped into by... Oh, was it Lascelles or something? I can't remember who now. Someone. Who barged him in the back and made his fucking arm go up. So A, he, didn't, he couldn't even see the ball, had his back to the ball. And mm. B, a Newcastle player barged into him and shifted his arm up. I mean, it's fucking absurd. Uh, I agree. Absolute joke. I agree. So, Caller, do you think the ref has, has, has something to play in this? Because as much... I, I thought, right, letter of the law, they'll probably give this, but I thought a referee, they're trained to use a bit of their common sense yeah. and a bit of their yeah. nous. I thought if he goes and sees it, he's going to go, that would be a really harsh one and he won't give it feeded. Mm. Well, we had this very debate on the, um, on the live show after the game uh, with HG and my view is different to HG's. HG's view, he's not here to defend himself, so I'll just put it out there. And if I represent, <laughs> misrepresent you, sorry. Um, but his view was um, that the letter of the law is that and so the ref didn't have any choice. My opinion is the ref's actually gone to the monitor um, which I thought, oh, great. Okay, so he's going to look at it. He's going to see that Dyer was a bit, you know, sort of pushed. So actually that didn't help him. He's going to see that there's a potential offside there and he's going to use his common sense. Mm. And, and, you know, a dis- but no, he didn't. So HG's view is, well, the rule's the rule. The referee hasn't got a choice. My view is the referee has got a choice. In fairness, HG didn't know the rule had been changed until I told him two days ago. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Um, but but my view is that um, the referee should absolutely apply some common sense. And the thing is, that what I find frustrating about this is it was going to happen. We could see it was going to happen. We have, And we only have ourselves to blame a little bit because we should have put the game to bed long before, like we did against Southampton. And then when there was exactly the same sort of thing and it was a ball to hand in the penalty yeah. area from Hoybier, it didn't matter because we were 5-1 up at the time. And that's the frustration <laughs> yeah. for me because it was just as prevalent last week. And if you look at Man United's game at the weekend where they got that last-minute penalty, yeah. that's the same thing because that's not a penalty. That's an Stop. absolute injustice. And the managers have got to do something about this. They've got to all get together and tell the league, this is bollocks. We need to change it, or we need to change it now, not wait till the end of the season. You saw Kane in the second half blast the ball at one of their defenders who got winded by it. It also hit him in the arm, but his arm wasn't in an unnatural position. Yeah. And I think what Kane was trying to do was just catch it with, with, with his arm uh-huh. in an unnatural position, logically enough. And that's what you're going to see. You're going to see forwards blasting the ball at defenders Try, you know, and it, it's just not right. That is not mm. within the spirit of the game at all. And if you go back further, Suzoko's penalty in the Champions League final, exactly yeah. the same thing. And all of, you would like to think that we are learning the lessons as we go on, but we're not. It, VAR was supposed to make football simpler. Yeah? No, I think it was supposed to make it fairer. <laughs> fairer. Well, no, simpler for the referees, sorry, I should say. And fairer. So there's a fallback if the referee makes a mistake. The problem is the referee hasn't made a mistake today. He allowed play to go on. Yeah. And a couple of seasons ago, that's not a, that's not a penalty. There's a goal. So you tell me what place VAR's got. Because personally, I'd scrap the whole bloody thing. Yeah. So so what really, really, really um, sums it up for me is my mate, uh, Dino, who is a Arsenal fan. Sorry, guys. You're going to start suspecting me, aren't you? I live next I mean, to the Emirates, <laughs> and I've got a good yeah, but... Um But he is a diehard gooner, 
he, me and him have fallen out so many times about football, usually pretty explosively, and we haven't talked to each other for days or weeks. Even he messaged me and said, that's an absolute disgrace. I'm done with football. Yeah. Well, well. I funnily enough, I had a Guna fan, um, shout out to Dave, um, he, he texted me today saying, got to be sore about that, haven't you? Which I, is as close as you get to sympathy from him yeah. as a Guna. <laughs> um, so I just think that, um, and it's not going to be just Spurs. And, and look, throughout the season, if this carries on, it will go for us sometimes and it will go against us sometimes. True. But it's wrong. Even Steve Bruce. Did you see Steve Bruce's comments did, after the game? Yeah, and he was spot on. He yeah. went on a rant about it. I mean, he, he yeah, I mean, Hodgson as well. It's insane. It's got to change. It'd take me off Bruce's nose if I'm being honest. <laughs> What's interesting is this season, after three games or three, sorry, weeks of football, we've already had 19 penalties, I think it is, <laughs> which is obscene. I think Bad. the average is something like 80 to 90 penalties a season. I mean, I think they've got to do something about it. The, the problem is it's not going to happen until the end of the season. So basically, as much as we moaned about VAR not last necessarily, season. Not necessarily. I'm sure if we got everyone together, they could do it. They could do it. Well, it's, the thing is, it's David Ellery, uh, the ex-referee, who now sits on, the, I forget what the name of the board is, but it's like the FIFA regular. He was a knob as well. <laughs> well, he's even more of a knob now because he's the one that makes the, basically proposes most of these rule changes every season. Um, and, and, and so these are him as an ex-ref thinking what is making the game better, which is just ridiculous when you think about it because it's clearly not. And, and the director of the IFAB, there we go. I mean, it, it comes to something when I agree with Pierce Morgan, who tweeted today, VAR is a far worse enemy to football than COVID-19. <laughs> but he's right. Yeah, slightly dramatic, but I can yeah, I can see that. Shall we talk about something nice, though, that nobody's mentioned yet? Oh, is it your holiday by any chance? No, no, no. I haven't got one of them for at least a week. Um, so... Nobody's mentioned Harry Kane and how he was a complete footballer today. He was a complete footballer. Yeah, he was so good, so good. I mean, he, he dropped back his passing, and his ball control and his ability to keep the ball is just unreal. Mm. And I think as well, after all the sort of who was it that said that he wasn't going to play well under Jose? Was it someone stupid like Merson or Neville or someone? Can't remember. I think it was Merson. It was, oh, it was, it was Merson. He tries to undermine literally everything top yeah. related. So after saying that he wouldn't do well under Jose, I think he's been involved in 23 goals in 24 games, something like that. Six assists, 17 goals. That's correct. And he's you know he's, he's on amazing form at the moment. After all the assists yeah. last weekend and grabbing a goal midweek, grabbing another um, assist today, he's uh, he's on top form, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And he, um, yeah, I mean, he, he was just, well... Truly, truly, truly world-class at times. Um, just a shame we didn't have more people in the box to finish. Yeah. So I think it was a character who was saying on the commentary, just a shame that Kane can't pass to Kane to then pass to Kane. Yeah, well, um, wouldn't that be perfect? Yeah. We need to close so him. He passed it to Moore and Moore was like, well, what the fuck do I do with it now? Um, apart from that one time when he stuffed it in the back of the net. Um, really good performance from Kane today. I think the thing is, what's really disappointing is... Um, Son being injured for what looks like a month. And, you know, <clears throat> Son and Kane link up so well together. Like, like no other partnership, maybe Liverpool's partnership, no, uh, but very few people link up as well as Son and Kane. 
And it's it's only three or four games into the season. Three league games, in fact. And Son's got a bloody injury. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, uh, we're cursed. And people are claiming fixture congestion's the cause of it. But we've hardly had any fixtures. We've hardly played any football. It's not that at all. No. It's, it's difficult. And the thing is, like I think you mentioned earlier with Bale as well, the thing about those three, I'm not sure whether they are actually that great a partnership as such. It's just the fact that they've got such a good eye for goal. Uh, and Bale as well, I, I tweeted this week, I was watching all of his Madrid videos. First, I watched all of his goals for Spurs, which was brilliant. Uh, and then I watched all of his goals for Madrid. And even in the last two years, his finishing is still amazing, both feet. So you've got... Kane, deadly. Bale, deadly. Mm. Son, absolutely oh, deadly. So, sometimes deadly. <laughs> so, yeah, mo- mostly deadly, unless it's like a one-on-one. Uh, but he, do you know what I mean? It's just, we get that, that strike force is really scary. Really scary. Great finishes all around. We're, we're, when he gets fit, we are going to rip through some sides. I'm telling you, 5 6 nil. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's not the Spurs way. 5 6 one, five, six, two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A dodgy penalty. Well, we're all going to be, you know... Before we go to bed tonight, we're going to be praying that Sun isn't injured for too long because we don't need him out. But this is it. We, we're going to end up platting football like because of these dodgy penalty rules. We just need to score as many goals as we can and we'll be all right. Because the truth is, although it was disappointing um, and it shouldn't have happened today, it's our own fault partly. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to bury yeah. the chances. You know, Kane was not clinical today, um, which is unusual. But we've got to bury the chances. Simple as that. So, final point. Uh, transfers, we've got just over a week left. Uh, Caller, how confident are you that we're going to get some players in? Very. I think we're going to get a centre-back and a striker. All right. Are you doing a 24-hour 24, uh, 24 live video on the deadline day? I'll tell you what, I'd love Leon Isaacs to be on with me. Might, might have to hit him up. Ask him um, now and he'll take a day off work. What, what day does deadline day fall on? I don't know. I think it's either Monday or a Tuesday or something like that. I'm probably completely Pop- wrong. Probably not then, but I'll, Monday, I, will, I, think. I will host an evening show. There you go. I mean, it's it's going to go down to the wire, I think, by the way. Well, yeah, it will be deadline day. I don't think we'll sign anyone until the actual deadline day. Well, it's probably... I think we'll sign someone early next week. I think we'll sign the guy from Inter Milan. Was it Skinnier? Skinnier. We'll sign him early next week. And then the striker will be, will be making you bite your fingernails. All the way down to the last day. Who? Look into your crystal ball. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. The sky's the limit. We, we've, Wayne, it's really not anymore. You know, we've got, we've already splashed out that much money. I, I don't quite know what's happened to Levy. He's, he's just, just got demented. We haven't actually spent that much money though, Caller. And if you look at most of the signings, they've all got pretty much some sell-on value. If it doesn't work out, they're still quite shrewd investments. Of course they are. I wouldn't expect anything less, but we've got four players, five, four or five players through the door. I mean, that's worth celebrating. Right, so look out for our watch-alongs on YouTube this week. If you haven't subscribed, do so, and then you'll get an alert and all that game, and you can get to see my and Caller's beautiful faces, or not. Okay. Or not. <laughs> it's gonna be, I am quite liking all these games. It does mean that we're const- there's constant football. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So look I'm out not sure, I'm not sure if the missus likes it as much, though. That's the thing. <laughs> He's got to lay down the law, mate. You've got to lay down the law. Right. Um, Steve, you're going to join Calder for a watch along, but thanks for joining me tonight and um, enjoyed life in the countryside. I will do. Thank you. And Calder, I'll see you on Tuesday, mate. I can't wait. Excellent. And don't forget to subscribe to all of your uh, podcast providers. 
and join up on all of our social media channels. And until next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.